She's Awakened is a podcast hosted by Awakened Souls Ministry. We all come to know God because He has touched our hearts in some way, therefore awakening us. Let's chat and open ourselves up to becoming vessels on topics His Spirit leads us to. of my message is come awake me and y'all have seen it you know throughout um some of the announcements and stuff but um and it's something that you know something very interesting that right after our february fellowship um and i think it was maybe that following week um i reached out to sister t-bird and i said i've got god's already put the the title to my next message um so let's get ready to send out the announcement and it was come awake me and then of course everything happened covid came in and then i put a halt to um to um i was writing out my message at the time and you know i think that god had a much greater message that he wanted me to translate to you ladies and it's but obvious that, you know, he wanted to use the pandemic for, you know, to really dig deep into the core of my spirit to make sure that it was a very impactful message. And so I pray that, that you're impacted by it. I pray that you will be blessed by it. So in my research, I came across actually back in 2009, Kenneth Copeland had actually prophesied and this was on a television appearance that he had made. And he said, this is the time that has been prophesized about. And at stake here is not only your welfare in the land, but also my move in the end times of a great awakening, saith the Lord. And it is that awakening that will save this land and others like it. Not just this land. We're talking about the world for it is the time of the coming of the Lord and you, you, you and me sisters will rise up and you will be my name and you will be my power and I will manifest myself through you and many shall come and say, surely he is the God of all good. Isn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. Glory to God. That is good. Mm-hmm. That's good so, news. I was prompted to share that I believe God is uncovering a lot of different things. I think he's taking off the veil of a lot of evil. And so I want to decree and declare in the name of Jesus just that, that he starts uncovering everything that is unevil. So if you haven't been prompted already i think more than ever i feel or i know that i've become a lot more vigilant okay about my surroundings you know and i think that we need to do that with our community our workplaces um in our homes especially um 
even in our, you know, in our congregations, if some of us are still congregating at church or maybe in a Bible study or maybe through Zoom, I think that we need to be vi very vigilant, okay, uh, and watchful. But one of the things that I really, really want to, um, that I really want us to, before we disconnect, I really want us to, more than anything, be more God conscious. And so the scripture that God had put in my heart back in February was in Ephesians 5.14, which reads, and this is the New King James Version, uh, New King James Version. And it says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So as I mentioned, I knew that I knew the direction that I wanted to go to that I wanted to take with this message back in February. I didn't have all, I had notes just kind of spread out everywhere and I hadn't really put it together. But again, when I started working on, on redoing, rewriting this message, it came very evident and very clear to me exactly what God wanted to communicate. And it's just so beautiful how, how just in writing everything just, manifested you know he took me to the right scriptures he you know he he's used this time of being still and has uh in our homes and being quarantined in our homes that he's used this time to present opportunities or experiences that i was going to be able to share with you and hopefully um they were impactful as they were to me and it made me so much more aware okay, of resting in God's presence and being more spiritually awakened, okay, of what God is doing in my life and, um, and for those around me as well. So I wanted to just point out that I think that it's but obvious that God wants to use this pandemic for a revolutionary change, another spiritual awakening, because I discovered that this isn't the first time and I'm not sure what we're probably, may, this may be the fourth, if I start really going through all the different awakenings, spiritual awakenings or spiritual revivals, you know, in our history. So, and we, and we go through these because it's, it's God's way of saying, hey, you've drifted from me and I need to bring you back. And I need to do something very radical for me to bring you home. And so... It's evident that our entire world is being affected by COVID and at all levels from the very top of government bodies to state and local agencies, all the way down to you and me, the people. It has not discriminated financial statuses, religious practices, what political party you belong to, demographics, not even race. In this scripture, the Apostle Paul refers to our righteousness, which is received through faith and is not visibly evident. When I read this commentary, I'm going to be very honest. I, I said visibly evident. So I really started questioning myself and my walk with the Lord. And I really started asking myself, is how I am is how I act towards others, not 
portraying to be God's believer, God's follower. It's how I speak to others, not speaking life. Am I speaking death? Am I uplifting? Am I serving God the way that he wants me to here on earth? Uh, am I connected with the right people? Am I congregating with other believers that have the same values that God wants us to? Am I following the, the commandments of God? Am I being obedient to his prompts when I'm prompted to, you know, serve my husband a certain way or he needs to be encouraged? Am I just doing my duties as a wife, cleaning, you know, cooking and attending to him? But am I truly encouraging him the way that he needs to be encouraged? And so it really just, it really took me back because everything that I do, if we're going to be believers and followers of Christ, then you want to set yourself apart and make it visible to everybody, right? God doesn't want you to be ashamed of him. He wants you to exalt him. And so we need to do that with our actions and how we speak. And so what he wanted, the Apostle Paul wanted to make known, that is if as Christian believers, we choose to live a a lifestyle that is no different from an unbeliever, then that makes us very undistinguishable. And if so, how can God's light shine on us if our choices are not God conscious? I want to point out this has nothing to do with physical unconsciousness. In writing again my message, I was then led to Matthew 24, 44. And I took this out of the amplified version because I, I, I really love how it's put, how it's written out. And it says, therefore, you who follow me must also be ready because the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. And I think this was so appropriate to what we're all facing and going through. And it may not be right. directly. We may have a loved one. We may have a friend. We may have an acquaintance, right, that is going through a very, very, very difficult time. And, and so I want to be prepared. And so now I believe that each, that each of you that are connected, whether by video or by audio, and you're truly a believer as well as a follower of Christ, you want to be prepared and you want to be ready for God's coming. So I really wanted to then go on to share what to me, and I hope that everyone can relate, is that what does being God conscious or God awakened look like? This way of life is developed through the scriptural teachings of Christ. When we intentionally dive into our Bible and the result affects every facet of our lives and how we respond. It is when we intentionally ask ourselves, what would Jesus have me do in this particular situation? And how must I do it? So I'll be the first to share a few. So for me, it is when after countless days and nights of crying out to God for our child that has strayed away and one day God touched their heart and with great joy comes to share their encounter. That is prayer. 
It's when you're working in your garden and suddenly you come across a rock that is held up in the air by a new vine growth. And maybe you know what I'm talking about, Sister Celeste, (laughs) my gardener. This was the first time I've ever, this is in my backyard. And I didn't even know that was even possible, but it, it was a rock probably the size of a golf ball. The vine was just as thin as a needle. And it literally was hanging because I've got a vine of some trumpets. And literally the rock was being held up by this tiny vine. (laughs) And it's at that moment, I was reminded that you are the vine and God is your rock. Ladies, that's memorized scriptures because when you're in the word, those words come alive that you were able to reference that rock and that vine according to God's word. And he just presented that to me. And oh my God, it was just, it was beautiful. It's when you have been feeling like you're in a rut and a friend calls to say that she was prompted to check up on you. Your attitude shifts to gratitude. It's God's confirmation to let you know that you're not alone. Ladies, that's filled with God's presence. It's when you know of someone who just found out they're infected with COVID vi- with the COVID virus and you're prompted to host a pray off for God to intercede on their behalf. Ladies, that's serving and doing God's work on earth. It's when a sister reaches out, sends you to chapter 24 out of the book of Matthew. And that's God's synchronization. That's God bringing us together. That's how you know that God has all the right people, right? Because without you going directly to that person and asking for something or for help, God's already sending that person to you. He's already prompted that person, has aligned everything, your spirits together to be on the same page without you having to go out and ask for it. That's right. Mm, Yeah. confirmation yes so sisters for me that is having the spirit of god in you and there's a scripture in the bible that's out of corinth 1 corinthians in chapter 6 verse 17 and it reads but the person who is united to the lord becomes one spirit with them beautiful thank you jesus So this conscious awareness requires for us to be unconventional we don't need to be trying to trying to act or look or speak like the next person. God created us, each one of us, uniquely and so different. And there's a song by Micah Tyler that says, I want to be different. And it's one of my favorite worship songs because I want him, I want to be different in how I am towards people. I I want people to see God in me. And so it requires for us to think extremely different from what has been the normal for us in the past. As the body of Christ, I ask you, are we truly doing God's work on our earth? And how are we influencing each other? Is your service to God daily, all day, every day? And one of the things that just immediately came to my mind was when we're out, if we're going to wake up, rise up every morning, right? to do God's work. It's not a part-time position that God is looking for from us. He's not looking for someone who's lukewarm or half-hearted to do his work. He's not seeking for you and me to be sluggish, to be procrastinating and, or be unprepared and undisciplined about sharing the gospel. So what I want to share is that what he needs is 
He needs us to hold our side of the covenant that he made with our forefathers, Abraham. We inherit it salvation and so we need to do our part to we need to do our part as 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 the body of christ we need to be on fire for him like newlyweds and i think if we've all been married here we know what that fire looks like and feels like and that's how i want to be on always on fire for god and be in constant fellowship with him and when I say constant again and I've said you know I shared this in in our February fellowship it's all day, every day. I'll never stop saying that. It requires for us, or he needs us to immerse ourselves in the word. Immerse. That means saturate yourself. There's something about oil, right? That when you when you drip it on your clothes or maybe a piece of cloth or, or something, it it really goes in there. It it really gets it really saturates into the fabric, right? It penetrates it, yeah. It penetrates. That's what you want out of the word of God. So he needs us to pray about absolutely everything and anyone. Yes, that includes your enemies. Because just because their sin may be bigger than ours or yours, that doesn't mean that God loves them any less. The same grace that God extends to you, he's extending to them. So rise up. Ask him, how can I cater to you today, Lord? Whom do you need me to serve for you? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and I'll read these out. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who choose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. I'll be the first to disclose when really became very conscious of what it's like to be in constant spiritual awareness constantly being aware or alert or on guard about how God is working in my life. I'm in a season where I'm trying to uh, set reminders throughout my home of how God has blessed me, of how God has given us the gift of miracles. One of the things that, or that has benefited from me intentionally being God conscious was one identifying that he was transforming my heart. And I've learned that I've learned and I've trained myself to only solely rely on him for absolutely everything. You know, I know that so many of us say, okay, we'll, we'll have an occurrence or a situation that, that arises in our lives. And for a split moment, you start worrying or you start thinking about the what ifs, right? Right, right. I've learned so, and I've trained myself, and I know that it's hard. It's not something that easily, I'm not going to sit here and lie, it's taken me, it's taken me years. But now being in the season that we're in, it's definitely become a lot more intentional for me to make sure that I am, I'm rebuking those negative thoughts instantly. The minute that I feel that I'm about to worry about something, I'm instantly rebuking it in the name of Jesus and I'm replacing it with the scripture 
or I take a moment and I pray. My mind is being renewed, changing my perspectives and even my desires. I remember for a long time and I've got, I've got this, um, I had this vision board where one of my dreams was to just, was to travel. And um, it's always been something that I enjoyed. It's always been something uh, growing up. My father always intentionally would send us on, you know, vacation to go see our, you know, our relatives in Mexico. And we would, we would then extend our vacation, our time with our family members, but then we would take another week off to go and discover. Mexico. I grew up with that in my heart that I just love to see other cultures and I love to see countries. And so I was very blessed that in my field of work, I was able to travel and I've had opportunities to travel to different countries and different states and different cities. And that was a blessing. And the bigger blessing is that for half of that time, David was able to travel with me too. So I think about it now and I'm like, you know, thank you, God, because I have been very blessed to see other countries and I have been very blessed to to see new cultures and and be more well-rounded and humbled. And when I say that I want to travel, now I'm, Lord, take me to the places that I've never seen yet, but where I'm going to serve you. Take me to places where... I can utilize my gifts and my talents for your glory and your purpose. I don't want to just travel to travel. I want to travel with a purpose. So that desire or that perspective of my dream has shifted. It's changed. So it's made me also prioritize and truly value my quiet time or still time with God. I've not only inherited the discernment to hear God's voice, his prompts or instructions, but feel his presence saturate my space. I worry less because I pray more, which results in the enemy not robbing me of my gift of joy and peace. I've become more watchful, more alert, more aware of what comes out of my mouth and how I react towards a situation or someone. This is a very intentional action, so I've learned to train myself to pause. And that is something so many of us have a hard time doing. It's hard for you to stop for a second because it takes a second for you to blurt out something that is not going to speak life into that person that's going to bring them down. You've got to really learn to pause, assess the situation, assess the person, and sometimes I've even gone as far as trying to evaluate the position of that person. What are they going through? If, if it's evident to me that they're going through a difficult time and they blurted something out, I'm not going to react in the same way. Then to think, I ask myself if what I'm about to say going to speak life or death into this person. And then I speak. And recently, so right now I'm actually going through, I'm doing a Bible study with um, some of our other sisters. And I've done many Bible studies, but this one has truly, truly impacted. And I think it's so appropriate. And I've asked Sister Griselda to maybe host this same Bible study over again. But one of the things that I discovered was that whenever you speak or act towards a situation, It's not just about for that moment, but we have to also be conscious that when we speak or when we act, 
it's going to affect generations to come well after you and I are gone. So if I'm going to discipline my children for something they did, I want to make sure that I'm correcting them with grace because I want that to affect their children and their children. I want that trait or that skill or that gift or that anointing for generations to come. Sister Celeste, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would you mind sharing a God experience? Um, Recently when my daughter first got the word that she might have cancer, I can assure you my first thought and second and third thought were covered in fear. And I thank God for his Holy Spirit coming in, ushering in, in spite of my fleshly fear, his grace, his peace, his presence that told me, peace, be still, to trust me. I love your daughter, and I know he does. I've seen his hand in her life. I've got her, and what I'm doing, I am purging. I'm cleansing physically. I'm purging spiritually. I'm rebuilding in her and everybody around her. I'm praying my grandchildren will be saved at a young age, ages 11, 9, and 6 right now. They've been made aware of what their mom is going through. They wrote the sweetest prayers just day before, just day before yesterday that my daughter recorded and sent to us. Um, just how their hearts are open to the Lord. My, my nine-year-old uh, grandson, I recall him saying, Lord, please give me the eyes to see your will for my life. My seven-year-old granddaughter, six-year-old granddaughter said, Lord, please teach me to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian, Father, and love you. So the fear came, but God in his goodness and his graciousness ushered in peace and told me what he's doing to lean and cling to him and depend upon him. And now it's just a matter of walking through the valley of the shadow of death and fearing no evil, Mm -hmm. clinging to him and watching him bring us through this. Amen. We're going to have ups and downs, but God's got it. He's got us. And we got you. Thank you. Amen. Covered in prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And Sister Celeste, you know, I thank you and I love you so much for sharing what John Tell and your family is going through. And yes, we certainly have your back and we're, we're going to faithfully be praying for you that God is going to heal her and restore her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I decree it and I declare it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And, and even if we weren't here, you alone have sown a seed with your, with John tell you've sown a seed. You've, Set the example. You're leading all of them, your whole entire family, because of who you believe in. You've shown them who God is. Okay. God's done so many beautiful things in your life that you've shown us need. Again, let's not be, let's keep sharing everything that God is doing in our lives. Let's not, you know, let's, let's not be shameful to post it. Let's not be shameful about the work that he's doing. We're not supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to. For me, okay, being the leader of a ministry, sometimes at the very beginning used to 
Woo, it really used to kind of shake me up, right? And it and yes, the lies of the enemy would come into my into my mind and make me believe or try to make me believe that my message wasn't going to, you know, be impactful or it wasn't be going to be a blessing. But I'm so thankful that staying in the word has changed how I think, has renewed my mind, has renewed my re- perspective, has renewed and is renewing my thoughts. Yeah. And I intentionally always align it with God's word. What does God say about me? What is one of my favorite, favorite, and it's a scripture that I pray over myself every single morning. And okay. it's in Isaiah 61, chapters, chapter 61 and verse 1, where it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. The good news. I pray that over myself every single day where now I stand before you and I'm like, thank you, God, because I'm so anointed by your word. Thank you, Lord, that you appointed me to bring others hope. I'm not going to do this perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect, but I do want to be real. That I do always want to be. I want to be real. I want to be transparent. And so anyway, all the glory to God. I want to share... I read about a gentleman by the name of George Whitfield. Have y'all ever heard of him? So he was a renowned evangelist that God used to bring unity to America's divided colonies in the close to mid 1700s. After being born again, completely, he completely devoted his life to God because he believed and thrived on knowing that his eternal home was heaven and that he was just passing through earth for a while, for a season, an extended season. And he followed God's prompts and his dream to bring one, his biggest dream was to bring all of these colonies. And he was traveling back and forth by horseback, by boat, you named it. He traveled back and forth through world, I mean, through countries and colonies because his dream was that we were all one nation under God. Mm, And that's where the word or the term came from for a declaration. Day and night, he traveled to and from colonies sharing the gospel, which resulted in the greatest spiritual revival called the Mm. Great Awakening. Amen. You know, amen. I remember reading about the Great Awakening, and I, I want to say it was probably when I was in middle school. And I know back then I wasn't saved. Okay, so it wasn't. It. I don't even. I can't even remember. Must have not been. I, I must have not been paying attention. <laughs> but when I read about it, I'm like, wow, the Great Awakening, right? But that's what I'm talking about, being God conscious. Because now that I, I read about this, I'm like, wow. I read about this in in middle school, but now it's really impactful to me because he ended up having a 30-year friendship with Benjamin Franklin. He, between the both of them, when we, when we talk about Benjamin Franklin, we tend to, we tend to know him as the inventist, as a scientist, right? But not that he was a man of God. And he's got this whole entire biography that talks about his faith. And so between Benjamin Franklin and George Whitfield, they created this great and huge spiritual awakening between the Americas and all these other different colonies. We're talking about two people changing the entire world. We're in a pandemic right now, and we need to be sowing those seeds. 
And, and all he did was he just believed his God. He just believed that he was going to heaven. He, was, he believed that every move, every speech, every preach, every message was going to impact him and get him one step closer to going into heaven because that was his only and solely ultimate goal. So I want to leave you with this thought. In order for this revolutionary spiritual awakening to be God-centered, we, you and me, God's faithful army, have to be intentional to do our part to change. We need to develop mindsets that as the body of Christ, we have not only a responsibility to minister and preach righteousness, we also have the ultimate authority to influence. Despite the pandemic was man-made, there is absolutely no system that has greater influence than you and me. Amen. Amen. As long as we remain steadfast, God awakened. Amen. I invite Amen. you to repeat after me. I'm going to close us up in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I decree and declare that as your church, my heart and my willpower will be renewed and strengthened through you. I will seek and choose to be in unity. I will rise up strong and walk Christ-like. I will surrender myself to be your power here on earth all of my days. I decree and declare that you, Father, will manifest yourself through me and be your light for everyone to experience you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ladies, I hope you were blessed. Share this last worship song.